Part three, section two, chapter nineteen B of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Lull. Chapter nineteen B Cursorial and Fossorial Adaptation. Lengthening of Limbs. The lengthening of the limbs in cursorial types is usually thus accomplished by a growth of the distal segments only, the foot and shin and hand and forearm increasing, but rarely the thigh or upper arm. This increase is therefore both actual and relative. This is well shown in comparing the limb of a horse with that of a man. For while the human thigh may actually exceed the length of that of the horse, the horse's foot, which is measured from the end of the hoof to the hock, the equivalent of the human heel, may be two and a half times that of the man. This lengthening of the distal segments, which is for the purpose of increasing the length of stride, would be of little avail were the muscles not concentrated at the proximal end of the limb, their power being transmitted by long slender tendons to the lower leg and foot. One effect of this may be best understood by comparing the limb with a pendulum. The length of the pendulum determines the length of swing, but the position of its center of gravity controls its speed or rate of beat. To accelerate the beat, therefore, the bob is moved upward. To retard it, it is moved downward, the arc of the pendular motion remaining constant. This concentration of muscles at the proximal end of the limbs has the same effect as raising the pendulum bob, and by this device, long slender limb and high but powerful muscles, the maximum length of stride and speed of movement are obtained. While this may well be an important reason for the concentration of muscle, the parallel with the pendulum is not exact, for the opposing muscles not only serve to initiate the swing, but also to damp it. Perhaps the chief reason, therefore, is that by raising the insertion points of the thigh muscles, focusing around the knee, the angles of insertion of many muscles are increased, and this gives higher propulsive components across the shaft of the femur. At the same time, the muscles are shortened and made thicker, which increases their power and speed of contraction. It can readily be seen that a limit may be reached beyond which bone will not stand the strain to which it would be subjected, although bone is a wonderfully efficient material. Hence, one would expect to find the greatest speed developed on the part of creatures of small to moderate size, the antelope of Africa, or horses like the wild ass of Persia, Equis onager, the speed of which has been mentioned, page 285, and which reaches a stature of but eleven and a half hands. The modern racehorse is relatively small compared with some other breeds, and the limit of weight, size, and speed consistent with safety seems to have been approximately reached. Ratios Lengthening of limbs also implies, at any rate, in a quadruped, the concurrent lengthening of neck and skull in order that the animal may readily reach the ground for food and drink. Hence, the various parts of an animal's frame bear definite ratios to one another, and this may also extend to individual bone proportions, a definite speed index being recognizable. This makes it possible, through the law of correlation, to gain some insight into the habits of extinct and little-known forms through the study of comparatively fragmentary remains bipedality a two-footed mode of progression as an adaptation to speed has been repeatedly evolved among vertebrates as follows reptiles lizards several occasionally bipedal dinosaurs two evolutions birds one evolution mammals marsupials one evolution rodents three evolutions in all eight or more times 
the erect posture of man was probably not originally a speed adaptation nevertheless speed has always been a vital factor in human evolution in all offensive and defensive operations the human foot which was originally a climbing structure has been readapted for bipedal walking and running the long thigh and shin of modernized man increase the stride materially in contrast to those of the gorilla and chimpanzee the neanderthal man see chapter thirty eight had short stocky limbs as compared with existing species but doubtless could outrun any of the anthropoid apes reduction of forelimbs in bipedal creatures the hind limbs form the exclusive means of rapid propulsion hence all of the cursorial adaptations which have been mentioned apply solely to them the forelimbs on the other hand retain their generalized character as their sole use is for resting kangaroo herbivorous dinosaur or for slow locomotion while feeding they often serve as very efficient organs of prehension because of the marked division of labor between the limbs disparity of size soon arises and as cursorial adaptation is perfected the forelimbs grow proportionately smaller and smaller until at length as in the ultimate carnivorous dinosaurs see chapter thirty they become so absurdly reduced that it is difficult to conjecture their use counterpoise some sort of counterpoise is always necessary in a semi-erect biped and the tail usually assumes this function in the kangaroo and in the dinosaurs it is a powerful organ and serves as a prop like a third limb when the creature rests without coming down on all fours the tail may be comparatively short and heavy in larger forms or extremely long and slender in more lightly built creatures on the principle that an ounce at the end of a sixteen inch lever is as effective as a pound on one but an inch in length many dinosaurs and bipedal lizards have a long attenuated tail this is especially true of the dinosaur podicosaurus a triassic form from the connecticut valley and of the australian frilled lizard chlamydosaurus among mammals the kangaroos have a relatively short heavy tail the jerboa on the other hand has a very slender one terminating in a tuft of hair which through its resistance to the air adds effect to the counterpoise no existing birds have a long tail that is as regards the actual tail itself although the feathers may be long these as in the case of the pheasants may subserve a balancing function the true cursorial birds ratatae are practically tailless but maintain their balance with ease the head and neck sufficing the ostrich raises its wings as an aid in running but with the practically wingless cassowary the head and neck alone must serve shortening of neck in bipedal mammals there is a tendency toward reduction in the length of the neck especially in the rodents such as the jerboa in which cursorial adaptation is extreme and there is a remarkable cervical reduction associated with the shortened skull there is of course no diminution in the number of neck vertebrae for the number seven is with two or three exceptions sloths and manatee constant among mammals but the vertebrae themselves are shortened and tend to coalesce into a rigid mass of bone thus in the rodent pedectes cervicals two and three are so closely articulated as to eliminate motion in paradipus the axis second cervical and the next two vertebrae are fused while in dipus jerboa all of the cervicals except the atlas first cervical are coossified as in the whales as we shall see the shortening of the neck may also be an aquatic adaptation as it occurs in the whales and sirenians sea cows mental precocity animals which depend upon speed for safety as the ungulates or the whales cannot have helplessly young such must either be brought forth in some secluded den or carried about by the mother 
carnivores and rodents have very feeble young but they are kept hidden until able to shift for themselves the kangaroo on the other hand must carry her offspring with her and this undoubtedly proves a very heavy handicap to the race when competition with higher forms prevails for the destruction of the mother means that of the young as well with all other forms which depend upon speed for safety the young animal must be able to keep up with the herd almost at once hence there is no period of helpless infancy but the newborn deer or horse or camel with its grotesquely long limbs has the relative mental alertness of a very much older dog or rat although the ultimate mental attainments of the ungulate may not be so great significance of cursorial adaptation not only does speed adaptation give rise to some of nature's most beautiful and perfect machines but it seems to have a much deeper meaning which has been summarized by broom he is speaking of permian reptiles the african or more preferably the south atlantic type is chiefly remarkable for the great development of the limbs what may have been the cause we cannot at present tell but it was a most fortunate thing for the world it was the lengthened limb that gave the start to the mammals when the therobsidian mammal-like reptile took to walking with its feet underneath and the body off the ground it first became possible for it to become a warm-blooded animal all the characters that distinguish a mammal from a reptile are the result of increased activity the soft flexible skin with hair the more freely movable jaws the perfect four-chambered heart and the warm blood it is further singularly interesting to note that the only other warm-blooded animals the birds arose in a similar fashion from a different reptilian group a primitive sort of dinosaur took to walking on its hind legs and the greatly increased activity possible resulted in the development of birds birds were reptiles that became active on their hind legs mammals are reptiles that acquired activity through development of all four back of all this lay the impelling natural cause the earliest known mammals are late triassic the first recorded bird middle jurassic the inference that both stocks arose in permian time is justifiable from the degree of evolution which each class had attained by the time the actual record of their existence begins schuchert tells us that early in the permian the climate of the land seems everywhere to have been arid or semi-arid and that this condition lasted into jurassic time one characteristic of desert animals of today the lizards bird gazelle persian ass is speed for the creature must fare widely for food and drink if he would fare well again schuchert tells us that the permian was a time of extensive glaciation with a severity of climate especially in southern land masses as great if not greater than the polar one of quaternary time although like the latter the permian glacial period had warmer interglacial intervals as well the incentive for speed already given rendering the development of warm blood possible the devastating cold would soon place a premium upon such as did develop it and eliminate those which did not from this fortunate relation of cause and effect arose on the one hand the primal mammal making human evolution possible and on the other hand the ancestral bird end of part three section two chapter nineteen b